You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Joined now in the studio by the new host of Locked On Hornets, Walker Mail. Walker, welcome in. Yeah, thank you. Are I, you excited? I, I am excited to be a part of this. It's it's really cool, and I appreciate, of course, you come in and discussing an opportunity with me. And I, I'm excited already with some of the Twitter feedback. It seems like you guys have some pretty loyal fans, and I'm excited to get a part of this and and build something and and continue building something that you guys constructed that has really taken off and I, i'm excited again it is i'm i am uh legitimately uh, i am legitimately excited to get this uh to take a part of this yeah i think it's going to be fun to hear a new voice a new style to the show and of course i'll still be around helping out the show and david you'll hear his voice as well from from time to time uh, but walker we want to learn a little bit more about you uh, we know that you are part of the wake-up call on ESPN 730, but I want to go back a little further. Uh, tell us a little bit about your history, how you got into sports radio, and your relationship uh, with basketball. Yeah, so I, basketball has been in my family you know, ever since my, my grandfather played at IU. He played at Butler. I believe for a while he was one of the first guys, if not the first guy, to litter at both universities, and then it, it's just been ingrained in our brain. It's been ingrained in our family's history history that you know basketball is such a big part of our lives so I have all both my brothers played college ball my dad played college ball I'm actually the only the male the only male MEHL that is the only male to not play basketball in that side of the family since my grandfather did and that was because it you know my college career the hopes of a college career was ended by um, a problem I found with my heart but again of course this was something that I knew I wanted to talk about sports and and not even just basketball just all kinds of sports I fell in love with baseball as I got older same with football but basketball has always been the original sport I fell in love with simply because it's been a part of my family's history so again I knew what I wanted to do basically since I was five years old and I wanted to be able to discuss sports and be uh, an analyst, be a play-by-play guy, just whatever I could get my foot in the door with. And, and now it's it's been pretty fun working with 7.30 The Game, ESP and Charlotte being on the wake-up call with Molly and Bobby, um, now being a part of this, just being able to continue to discuss sports, which is a lot of fun. And I'm lucky to call it a profession now. And I'm, that's basically kind of the background I've had with it and being able to be a part of a profession that a lot of people would love to be in, and I'm, I'm appreciative of all of it. And again, you just can go back to you know, pretty much uh, as soon as I could, was able to comprehend things, as soon as I watched a basketball game, I wanted I wanted to be immersed in the game and got excited about it from then on. And how long have you been with uh, ESPN 730? So I've been with them for, I actually interned with them my junior year of college, right at the beginning of my junior year. So that would have been, I believe, at the start of 2013. And I was an intern for them for a couple of years. Uh, honestly, just there wasn't a spot open after the internship was done. So it was kind of out for a couple of months. I got brought back on once a spot opened up and eventually just started climbing the ladder and luckily have gotten that I'd hosted uh, Inside the Lines with Molly for a while, uh, Molly Cotton. And then we both moved up to the wake up call with Bobby Rosinski and have been doing that show coming up on a year now, which is crazy to think about. But it's coming up on a year now, started in July. And I've been basically an employee at the station for you know a little over two years. All right. So now uh, you will be uh, helping us out here on Locked on Hornets, uh, taking over as host. 
what do you hope uh, will happen from this? I mean, what do you what what kind of show do you envision doing uh, for Locked On Hornets? Well, Doug, as you well know, and just so the listeners know, I want I wanted you to be a part of this still, obviously, and as we've discussed this, right? Because you guys have really, I think, found an awesome balance between being informative about the Hornets, discussing, diving into all the details about it, being very thorough, but also having fun. I mean, yeah. you guys do have a lot of fun with all of the segments that you've incorporated. I, I know just for instance, when you guys uh, would film your film yourselves doing the play by play and making fun calls. And I remember you yeah. guys doing that, just a lot of different stuff that you guys have done. I thought was unique and I wanted you to be a part of that. And I, I think honestly, it's going to help with the transition to keep a lot of that new stuff, but also just having a different mind here. We can both create some fun, some other fun segments, but also be very thorough and, and getting the best information out there. Maybe looking at things from a different point of view. I think I kind of want to incorporate all of that. Just kind of what um, what you guys have done in the past. I want to build on that, but also I want to keep some of the stuff that worked for you guys. Absolutely, I think balance is the key word. You know, we tried to to bring you know, information to bring analysis, but at the same time, not get too bogged down into that. And to remember that at its core, sports is fun. Basketball is fun. It's a good time. And uh, yeah, I know that uh, Walker is going to do a great job with that. And I I did agree uh, to hang around and to help produce this show because uh, I I think that Walker is going to do an amazing job. And I want to make sure that that uh, he has all the tools necessary to to make Locked On Hornets uh, amazing. And because some of the I, Twitter feedback was they they still need their fix of of you. They call themselves the Dougaholics. That's I, believe. A, I don't. <laughs> Do I we don't still, uh, we're still gonna have that. I so don't, don't don't worry, all you Dougaholics. We'll still keep I them don't apart. Be, I don't prescribe to that. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know about that name uh, of the group, but uh, no, I appreciate all the I appreciate all the love. Uh, but no, I, I think this is gonna be an amazing show moving forward. And you know as We've worked hard over the five years to to not only provide kind of an alternate voice, but also like provide some some sanity in in this very like emotional thing that we call fandom and to try to give you the most accurate analysis as well and not you know, like we want to, we're, we're emotional, passionate fans, but we try not to be, you know, too hot takey and things like that, you know, just trying to dig down and, and be realistic about different things. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's what we've, we've tried to establish and, and I think it's worked out for us. And I, I listen to the wake up call all the time uh, and you guys do a good job of that too. Just, you know, provide being entertaining, but at the same time, not trying to intentionally uh, provoke you know, in a way sure. uh, that I think is it's it makes I just think it takes some of the fun out of it sometimes when it's uh, when when it does get to that get to that level. No, sure, and when again, you know, wearing I guess a, a hat where you kind of have to have a hot take hat sometimes when you work in radio, and you know, for some, and we haven't. You know, I, I don't know if any of us on the wake up call would subscribe to a ton of that theory. You know, sometimes we'll say some stuff that is deemed outlandish or is deemed a hot take or deemed just kind of insane, but. I, I agree with you in the but fact it's that it's balanced. You know, it's, it, it, it's bringing it, that and the sure. and the information and the analysis. Sure, we're we're not all losing our minds with something that happened just one night before and losing our heads within the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. which a lot of people out there tend to do at times. So again, I, I think with you using that keyword of balance is certainly something I will continue to try to bring on. And of course, with your help, I, I think it'll be no problem. All right, so let's talk about where the Hornets are right now. They are you're you're coming onto this show uh, during an exciting yeah. period for Charlotte Hornets basketball, a transition period. We don't really know 
uh, quite what direction this team is going to take yet. Um, but where do you see uh, the Hornets as a franchise right now? Would you would you label them as as a franchise that's in a good position for the future, or or do you think that they are? Well, I mean, what do you think about the recent moves that they've made? Well, I think as far as where they are right now, I think it's hard to look at this team and say that they're in a good spot. When you look at their payroll. It is unbelievable the amount of money that they have tied up. And part of that is situational. You know, we can go back to two summers ago. Every single GM was emptying their pockets left and right for whatever name was out there. So a lot of that, again, is situational. But also, Rich Show deserves some of that. And that's why he's no longer here. Um, I, I think that everybody at least has some, some fingerprint on all of this, right? I think that with the talent that they have and with the money that is locked up in all of this talent, it is an extremely hard job to come in and be the GM, such as Mitch Kupchak is about to find out, such as the new head coach, whoever that may be, with Steve Clifford, of course, pressing for a decision just on Friday, the last Friday that just happened, and now he's out. Now he's going to be looking for maybe one of the other new jobs that open up, and there's going to be another head coach here in Charlotte. It's going to be a tough job for any of these guys. And based on the expectations that I had, a lot of people had on this season and how I, including myself again, I was thinking, I was thinking best case scenario, five, four seed. I, I, that, that conversation was being tossed out. I didn't think they wouldn't make the playoffs. I certainly did. I certainly thought they were going to have a postseason berth and to have all this money tied up. It's going to be tough because I just don't know how much value these guys have for trading I don't know what Mitch Kupchak is going to be able to do with the kind of place that they're locked into. Well, what's the old axiom, right? It's better to be last in the league than it is to be in the middle. And the Hornets are in the middle right now. And they're still in the lottery, so you're still drafting about 11, 12, 10. It's not exactly the best situation to be in. Regardless, it's not impossible to come out of because I don't I don't think you can say anything's impossible. We see crazy things happen in sports all the time. But, man, it's a tough job. And it's going to be tough because – you don't know exactly what direction this franchise will take next next season. Will they try to move some of those deals, move some of that money out, and retool to, to get back into the playoffs? Or do they go through a full-scale rebuild? And then how long does, does that kind of rebuild take? How much patience would they have uh, th- would the organization have and would the city have with with a rebuild? And you're going out and finding a coach. And so I think some coaches are are more suited for a rebuild to deal with young players, to deal with the discipline issues that come with that. And some coaches, I think, like a Steve Clifford, are built more to to guide a, a veteran roster full of stars. So you might have to find a coach that doesn't suit well with the realities of next season, but long term could be the the the, the type of coach to, to lead your organization. That's a tough balance future. to find too. I, <laughs> I mean, what we're saying, yes, it, it sounds great and it's absolutely right. And how hard is that to find? What we're having trying to find, and how and how patient is everyone going to be here? Yeah, because and this is going to be tough to get out of. I mean, you're talking about a roster that unless they find a way to trade Kimba Walker, mm-hmm. unless they find a way, unless they find some team, some partner that still values Dwight Howard without Steve Clifford, who's going to be, what, 33 next season? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be tough to trade some of these guys. So you're going to have to have some patience beyond even two years in my mind. I, I don't know if you can 
depending on rotations and if you're just some crazy basketball savvy mind that understands the rotations, understands plays, understands the things that are going out on the court. I don't know if you can really judge the coach and what a situation I would deem is not a good one for the Charlotte Hornets until you start to see, I don't know, some new players come in and maybe with a new roster. Now, what do you think about Malik Monk? Uh, the Basically, one one of the future pieces of this Charlotte Hornets franchise, uh, they draft the young guy. He fell to them, essentially. Uh, we knew he could shoot, struggle with that early in the season, but late you saw uh, everything that they saw in him offensively. Defensively, it was, it was a big struggle, kept him on the bench for most of this season. Uh, do you have a lot of confidence that, that Malik Monk can be a big part of Charlotte Hornets' future? Well, I, I don't know if I say I have a lot, but man, he's teasing me now. Yeah. Right? I mean, isn't he teasing everybody at the way that he finished at the end of the season? Look, the guy was so much fun in college. Mm-hmm. And when he dropped to number 11, I was thrilled. I think I tweeted out the Carlton dance, Jeff, where somebody, where Al- right. Alfonso Ribeiro is just <laughs> cutting a rug out there. That's what I put. That's the kind of feeling I was going with. Right. And then Malik comes out and you know, gives you gives you little spots here and there. He has the mm-hmm. quarter against Milwaukee where he goes for close to 20 in the fourth, mm-hmm. and it was a big reason they won that game early on in the season. And you start to see him hit a couple of buckets here and there, and then he just falls out of favor with Steve Clifford, doesn't get all that much time in the rotation. I thought he would get back in, and eventually you would still see that, no, Clifford's going to keep him on the bench for quite a while. And the same with Dwayne Bacon, too, after you saw him kind of praise Dwayne Bacon for his defense and just for being – a decent rookie out there as far as a second rounder goes. You saw both of those guys go to the bench and struggle to get playing time. After the Hornets fell out of favor with the odds of a playoff berth, of course, you started to see Malik Monk play a little bit, and he caught your eye. There's a few 20-point games for Malik Monk down the stretch. Do I have a lot of confidence in him? I don't think a lot is is certainly something you can say because the sample size of him doing good things for the Hornets just isn't enough right now. But I'm never one to quit on young talent because it's tough to evaluate a guy who would have been a sophomore this season at college mm-hmm. and say, Malik Monk's not going to be any good. I understand everybody's hesitation with him. I, I, you'd be kind of crazy to not have any hesitation, to not have any thoughts hindering, you know what, this guy might be an all-star. But I'm not going to give up on him yet. No, and so and so much of it is is going to be dependent on on how much effort he wants to put in this offseason and the next offseason and and moving forward. We saw Kimball Walker. It took three, four seasons for him to become the Kimball Walker that that he's become. And uh, I think a lot of people uh, thought that Kimball Walker was was a pretty decent player his first few years in the in the league and was able to be a starter for this team, uh, but at the same time was not anywhere near the level he was. Now, so uh, it, it does take patience, and it requires a, a personal commitment, and we're just going to have to kind of keep keep an eye on it and see uh, see if 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 he does have that level of commitment that it takes, uh, and and what coaches they bring in, you know what? Because that's always been a big question with this franchise, right? Player development, and and now they've done this sort of full reset, uh, you know, analytics gone. Um, right. The the scouting. Now they're team, cleaning house. Gone. So like, what what are they going to bring in, and and how does that mesh with the development of players like Monk and others? You no, know, and I hope it goes well for him. Obviously, um, I, I think that I don't I don't necessarily think cleaning house is obviously is a bad idea either. I don't I, I just don't know. Right. I mean, yeah. we we have no clue if it's going to be 
uh, worth the time for this or not. But they are cleaning house. They are going with a completely different regime. And again, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, Rich Cho was a guy that predicated a lot of what he did based off analytics. And, and analytics were something that I think Steve Clifford maybe had come around to, but there were obviously rumors that Maybe Clifford didn't want to go so much analytics-wise that he was kind of a traditional head. Now you're, I think you started to see maybe a transition from him um, as he got older, as he uh, his tenure grew a little bit with the Hornets. But still, now now we don't know what's going to happen because we don't know the head coach right now. So who knows what's going to happen when you know one of these names out there that's on the market right now comes in, and we'll see what kind of regime they start to go with. But it's going to have to be something, hopefully, that works. You know, I, I don't know how much how much time you're going to be able to, how much time the fans are going to give them. But I, I think it's going to be a a long process for them to try to get back and rebuild into something where you know what they're on the rise. Not even just making a playoff team because they. I don't. I don't think it'd be crazy to say they could be an eight seed next season, right? But you certainly, I don't think, would think that they're ascending uh, up the Eastern Conference. Well, it's going to be an interesting offseason, and you're going to hear a lot from Walker Mail. He is taking over as host daily on Locked on Hornets, and we are happy to have him as a part of our team now and excited about the future of this show. Uh, Walker, you can follow Walker on Twitter at Walker Mail, M E H L. Walker? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited too. I think it's. I think uh, it's going to be good, man. And again, I want to. I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity. I, I want to thank the listeners for allowing me to come in. I've already got some positive feedback so far, and understanding that it's sad to see you guys go, which I'm even a little sad, and I'm not going to be hearing from you guys every day. But at least I get to work with you, and you will still be a part of the show and have uh, a big influence on what happens with it. So I'm still excited, uh, very excited to work on with the Locked On Hornets podcast, and hopefully put out a good product for everyone. All right, thanks for listening to this edition of Locked on Hornets. For David and Walker, I'm Doug saying, Go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte.